The Umbrella Academy is based on a series of comic books from My Chemical Romance frontman Gerard Way. But is this series okay or is it dead? I'm Darren. And I'm Mike. And this is Popscore. on the Fan Entertainment Movie and TV Review Podcast. That felt dirty. I'm not doing that again. I do the lead-ins. I couldn't think of a My Chemical Romance joke, though. I'm no, not I've a... 40 of them, so yeah. it was fine. <laughs> uh, so, The Umbrella Academy, the first breakout hit for Netflix in 2019. Um, came out January, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, bit of a... No, I don't know whether this was a hyped series for people. Having not really followed much of My Chemical Romance ever. Oh. I'm not sure whether people were looking forward to this being adapted, whether Gerard Way's comic books are good. I've not read one. Um, Apparently they're pretty solid. Because he did this one. If yes. I'm reading right, he's also done... He started writing Doom Patrol for DC. Yeah. And he did one based on the um, Fabulous Killjoys, which was the Danger Days he album. He did. He also introduced the anime Spider-Man the yeah, one that Penny team... Parker. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was also his doing as SP, well. Uh, SPDR or something like that. I feel like he's coming back to Marvel for something. Hmm. I'm going to double check that whilst yeah. you witter about the Umbrella game. Yeah, well, if he's if he's back for Spider-Verse 2, whatever form that takes, that'd be pretty sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, but the Umbrella Academy is based on his, I want to say, 2009 comic book. I think that's when it came out. Um, about a class of kids who were born on the same day and then adopted by uh, an aristocratic inventor and trained to become superheroes as they all had uh, supernatural slash superheroic abilities. Um, it's it's good. It's real good. I'm just going to cut straight to my my opinion. I really quick. enjoyed it. I really, really enjoy it. it. It's super good and the cast is great. Oh my God, Darren, what, is this what I've been missing with, with Gerard Way and his work? Is it always been this good? Well, I think so. Fair enough. But I'm a dyed-in-the-wall My Chemical Romance fan, as Fair anyone enough. who listened to a musical pitch will attest. Um, yeah, well, apparently he just... He was doing this during My Chemical Romance. This isn't like a post-career thing. He mm. did this between uh, Welcome to the Black Parade and... Uh, Danger Days. Danger Days. Um, so it's it's not a new thing that he's into. These comic books are about 10 years old now. Wow. So, yeah, they've been around for a while, but they... I mean, you could kind of level a few criticisms at them for being a bit too close to the X-Men. Mm. I think there's enough differentiate, um, differentiation between the two. Um, but yeah, these have been long gestating. They were going to be a movie at some point. Wow. Okay. But um, I, I think it's just it's too much. Mm. Far too much story to be able to tell well in a movie. Yeah. And it would just kind of... I feel like it would have got lost amongst the abundance of superhero movies has been in the last 10 years yeah i think now seemed the right time to to do that and admittedly having not read the comic books i don't know how faithful of an adaptation this is i know that the original comic book run is is it's between six to eight issues i think so it's not a particularly long book so a movie could have worked 
But I'm glad they did a series and they're glad oh, they yeah, had time is... to really spend some time with these interesting characters. By far and away the smarter way of doing things. Um, simply because there's a lot going on. Yeah. You've this got... is this is not an easy show to digest. It takes a few episodes to really like get to the point. Yeah, get in the such. groove of it, I think. But it's it has indeed got to prove that it is up to me. Yeah. Um but it, it it's a it goes about it really well. I think that's its strength. We are gonna talk about the individuals in a second when my laptop decides to show me <laughs> who they are. Um but they it I think the thing I like about it the most is it's just Every one of the characters is likeable in their own way. Mm. And the ensemble works so well yeah. to tell a story that even if one story beat in an, in, a, in an episode isn't getting you, it's kind of got that Game of Thrones charm about it where because there's so many individual things going on, as long as you're into the show in general, something interesting will be happening within the next five minutes if you're watching this show. Pretty much. And it's got a really nice blend of like good solid storytelling and comedy mm. like that's not always the easiest thing to do in this genre but I think because it doesn't take itself very seriously and kind of uh, it's not got high st- if it was a movie I think it would be a lot more of a serious take yeah you know they can take a few more chances on Netflix which is one of the good things about the streaming services you really can take a chance on something it's that type of chance making that got a stranger thing so it's all good that's true um but yeah, it just there's not a bad episode, I don't think. No, it's all pretty good. Yeah. Now, you haven't finished it. I've yet to see the final two episodes, although I don't need to see the finale to know that I really, really like this series. I'm happy it's been renewed for a second series. Yeah. Uh, so that's all good. Uh, although I don't really care about spoilers. We will be doing spoilers later on. Yep. Um, yeah, it's fine. Well, I'll, I'll just do my best not to give the whole game away. If it's important, talk about it. No, I, I can I can get across why I like this show without really giving anything away, thankfully. Mm. Um, yeah, and he, he has said he's not going to be George R. R. Martin. He's going <laughs> to get on this so he can finish the comic books. Yeah. Either at the same time or ideally before the series kind of covers everything. Because... Um, we're kind of used to Netflix shows being a quick turnaround, mm. but they've already come out and said, no, this is bare minimum 18 months, if not two years. For the second series? Yes. That's good. A lot of CGI work needs to be done. Because, mm. I mean, I was a bit worried when Stranger Things was like, no, we're going to have a yearly series. I'm like, mm, mm. do you need to, though? No. And based on season two, which I liked, maybe it wasn't the best idea. No, I'm still hyped for three, though. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I'm so in. So excited. Um, but, okay. The main strength is the cast. And it I think is. Ellen Page is kind of the only one I've known being anything else. Um, I'm just double checking the list. I did know Robert Sheehan before this, and obviously there are a couple of other people. I mean, Mary J. Blige and Colin Fiore we've seen in other stuff. But, yeah, yeah I, I guess that Ellen Page is kind of... I was going to say the main character, but she kind of really she's isn't. She's highest billing, mm. but she's not... It's an ensemble film. It's an X-Men movie. Yes. She's... But she's not even like Wolverine in that context. No. Of like... She's not... No one really drags it forward. She's quite integral to the plot. Yeah. At least early on, she doesn't really seem to be, but then she gradually... That does start I mean, you kind of tweak. You're spending a lot of time with her, despite the fact she... Yeah. Has no powers. The series does have a lot of twists and turns in the story and mysteries to solve, but it doesn't... 
I think my one criticism is it doesn't feel shocking. And maybe that is the pace and the amount of episodes. Is that yeah. There's no large reveal to happen. No. It is all drip-fed. And it's like... it's. It kind of feels like a yes and exercise. It's like, yes, we know that and know this. Yes, yeah. we know that and know this. As it goes episode to episode. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Again, I've not seen the finale. So I don't know whether there is a huge payoff that we didn't know about. But... Certainly with Ellen Page's story and her relationship to the character of Leonard, who is played by, oh my God, why don't I look for it first, John Magaro. God, he's such a creep. Oh, the fucking moment he walked through, he was like, well, he's a wrong one. Yep, he's a wetter. Yep. 100%. <laughs> he's 100% um, the villain. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... You're right, I didn't really think of it like that, but no, there's not really much in the way of shopping all tactics here. There's not a lot of swerves. But I think that actually, that kind of speaks to its quality. Mm. It's not going for swerves, and it's still interesting. It's very engaging. You kind of telegraphs, you can kind of guess early on what's going to happen. Yeah. But that in no way kind of diminishes it. I mean, there is that really nice bit in the fourth episode. Basically, everything that's shocking that does happen basically all happens to Klaus. Yep. Um, oh, is, can we talk about... Yeah, can we just talk about Klaus? Of course we can talk about he's Klaus. He's my favourite fucking character. By a country mile. He's, he's so good. Uh, he's played by... Robert the, Sheehan. Robert Sheehan, who's from Misfits. He's I from gather. Misfits. Um, when we did our X-Men pitches, I cast him as Banshee. Um, oh, okay. I think I would give him much higher billing now, because he was great in Misfits, but fuck me, he's brilliant in this. See, E4, man. They know they're casting sometimes. They do. Like, you look all... You know, all the skins axes went and uh, took over the world up. Half of them. Nicholas Holt did. Nick Holt did, and um, oh my god, what's his name? It was Anwar. Oh, uh, Dev um, Patel did, yeah. and um, Cassie is in Game of Thrones. Yep. As is um, uh, 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 Joe Dempsey. Yes, he's he also is. in Game of Thrones. Um, whatever happened to Sid? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but. Yeah, Misfits as well, because Ramsey Bolton was in um, He was, yeah. Was he was the, well. the time-travelling superhero, which is yes. funny that, because there's a bit of this, that in this, isn't there, Darren? Oh, there's so much there's of it. There's quite a lot of it. Now, you know that time travel is one of my pet peeves, mm. and I think if I actually sat down and thought about it, this film would probably annoy me, but I'm okay with it. Mm. It's, it's used sparingly. They handle it in, in quite a creative way. It's not original, it's yeah. creative, um, which is pertaining to uh, number five's story. Mm-hmm. So the whole deal with the kids is that they're just numbered all throughout childhood. They're number one through number seven. Um, number five is the only character that doesn't have a name, mm-hmm. which is interesting. He's just five. Yeah, he's played by Aidan Gallagher, who is 13. Yeah, I know. Like, kid's young. I know. And he fucking carries it. Real good. Holy shit, this kid's good. He has some of the best action scenes. Yeah, he does. Because he's basically got he's basically got Nightcrawler's powers mm. mixed with time travel. So he can do little short hops like Nightcrawler. But then he also, he's... We'll give basic spoilers for the first episode. He yeah. kind of disappeared at one point into the future. Mm. And has come back Days of Future Past style to warn of an apocalypse. Yeah. Um... So that's and, and he's just there's a lot of quirks going on with him, like his mannequin girlfriend from the future, <laughs> yeah, um, and the fact that yeah he, he likes getting drunk even though he's only thirteen. Well, he's playing a character who's lived to his late fifties, yeah, in the thirteen year old boy's body, yeah, which 
As quirks go, he's pretty interesting. And i got to say that Aidan Gallagher does such a good job of that. Doesn't look out of place. He doesn't He doesn't sound out of place. There's always that thing of casting a kid and giving them adult dialogue and it feeling like just cliche yeah. or like the kid's really struggling with the material. Not the case. No. Really not the case. It feels like this is a natural character talking. And everyone, I think it's because the rest of the cast treat him with that gravitas that is... Yeah. Oh my god, you've been gone X amount of years and you've all aged up with us. Yeah. But you've not physically changed. Within the first couple of lines of dialogue in the episode two, it's like, okay, no, they're all yeah. mentally on the same level, which is awesome. It's really good. It's the family dynamic I think pulls through anybody who threatened to be a weak link. Mm. So I think as you said, the Robert Sheehan as Klaus, easily the breakout character, everyone's favourite character coming out of his arc is phenomenal really good so good um, and he's got the power to commune with the dead as mm. long as he's sober yeah but he likes drugs and alcohol a lot so he, does. he doesn't tend to do that but I like how it's like but do you know that team of X-Men that are like the Z tier list of like your powers don't help you yeah. <laughs> they're very much a hindrance what if that was the entire team is <laughs> basically the the thing here like yes he can talk to the dead but he's terrified of it he doesn't like doing it. He has to hang around with his dead brother. <laughs> That's something that they didn't even put in the promotional campaign as well. That, that one of the one of the seven is dead. Yeah. And the only way that he contributes to the series is through another character. He really only acts alongside Robert Sheehan, which is interesting. It's a double act where you can't see one half of the double act most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he's there. He's he's played by Justin H. Min, who's playing uh, number six, who's the dead one. Yeah. That's that's another. It's another layer of intrigue to this series. I think I know really why enjoyed. he was. Now, obviously, he's dead in the comic book as well. But mm. I think Netflix are quite happy about that because his powers is he can unleash like Cthulhu from his chest. <laughs> so they're probably quite happy that he can't. <laughs> they don't have to they don't animate, animate that. that all the time. <laughs> Everything else, time travel's fine. He just disappears. He just, <laughs> he's done. Um, so yeah, I, um, literally with like a yeah. Noise. Exactly. <laughs> um, now number one. Uh, the leader, Luther, mm. is played by Tom Hopper, yeah. who was very briefly in Game of Thrones mm. for two episodes um, before he gets barbecued. Um, and he does a really good job. He's like, he's very much the Cyclops of the situation, yeah. but in a good way. Mm. He's not proper Cyclops, it's fine, don't worry, people. He does a really good job here. He's clearly like trying to be the leader, despite having quite a lot of personal things he's got to keep pushed down. Yeah. Like Cyclops. Yeah. Um, he, now, his, his shtick was that he's super powerful. Yes. Um, this is before uh, Tom Hopper puts on a jacket that he's stuffed with so much <laughs> stuffing its umbrella. Mm. The first, when he first walked into screen, um, um, Caroline was, was saying that, like, that costume doesn't fit him at all. I'm like, I don't think he's that no. big. <laughs> he's and not then a wardrobe. It looks ridiculous as he walks around, but when you get to the episode where it explains why, why he looks, he looks like, like that... Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. Good CGI. Well, I think it was practical, actually. I think that was practical. Really good. Mm. Um, it looks awkward. That's because he's an awkward person mm. um, by nature. Um, he's very close with his sister, Alison, played by... Uh, that's Emmy Raver Lampman. Hell of a name. Mm. Strong name. I think if any of them are the weak link... I think it's Alison. Oh, I quite like Alison. I liked her, mm. but I think she works in the ensemble. I don't know if it, if we had like 
It's the Alison episode. Her powers are cool, and we don't see enough of them. No, she only really uses them like once in a flashback, and that's when they're doing the bank scene. Mm. And well, the bank scene's cool. Yeah, it's real good, isn't it? So her powers, are, she basically says, "I heard a rumor," mm. and then says something else. So and I heard can, a rumor. Like, you shot your friend in the back. Like, she can like essentially will people to do things yeah. or change reality as such. Yeah. It is described on Wikipedia as the ability to manipulate reality by lying. So that's interesting. There we go. Um, and see, so her powers have led to her having a very unhappy family life where she's trying to use that to kind of have a career they, and a happy family life. They have that arc where um, she's explaining that she once used her power to stop her daughter crying. Yeah. That is something that does not get explored in any no. in any superhero media. The what if I used my powers not not essentially for personal gain, but for a moment of respite. It's yeah. so small. That's yeah. what I love about that moment. And then just the kind of snowballing of that. If she did it once, and then the cat was kind of out of the bag, and yeah. that's what's caused her divorce and all that good stuff. I think she does a good job. I just think of she's easily the least interesting of the seven. Well, uh, no, not the dead guy. He may be slightly yeah, less useful. Yeah. Please I, don't I take it as like a major criticism. It's just, I think, again, if it was like, here comes the Allison episode, I wouldn't be jumping around no. excited for that. It's a shame because one of the episodes is called I Heard a Rumour and it's not the Allison episode, which is yeah. a shame, to be honest. I know. Um, but she does really play off other people best. She plays off Luther. She excuse me. She plays off Vanya. She yep. plays a little bit off Diego, who we haven't talked about yep, yet. Yeah, we'll get to him in a sec. She has a really good... Listen, I think she it, she's saved by the chemistry she has with all the other... Yeah. Particularly Vanya and, and Luffy. It's a really good... Um, Did that make you uncomfortable? The And I'm not going to get too far into it for spoilers, but the the relationship between Luther and, and Alison. No, because I think, you know, it's kind of hinted that it's, this isn't a new thing. Hmm. They were always aware that they weren't brother and sister. There's nothing... There's nothing illegal about this in this country. It's fine. Um, yeah, um, I'll share a bit more insight to review on that after the episode. Fun. Um, yeah, I, I, it didn't make me uncomfortable. I think it was kind of... And again, you look at Game of Thrones mm. and the incest going on there. The incest kicking off 10 years worth of plot, essentially. Exactly. I am convinced. I've said this elsewhere. I am 100% convinced George R. R. Martin has a fit cousin mm. and he spends his entire literary life trying to normalise incest so, so he, he can get away with that. <laughs> that's what all this is. It's all it's it's got out of hand at this point, but that's the only reason he's got so much incest <laughs> going on. Uh, uh Diego Diego is played by No not a product of incest. It's no. David Castaneda. I've never seen him in anything. I want to see him in a lot more things. He's really good. Really good. They, they, he plays the, the Nightwing slash Batman archetype really nicely. Yeah. It's, he's, is he on, well, he's only one of two characters that has to deal with quite real loss. Yeah. I think, well, though, I mean, the, the point of the series is that their father dies at the, in yeah. the start of the first and episode. He was a prick. He was a prick. Um, and that's what brings them back all together. Hence the title of the first episode, We Only Meet at Funerals. Yeah. Um, but his character has to deal with another loss, which I won't spoil. That is very Batman. It's it's yeah. very this what this character is, and he's essentially Bullseye. <laughs> that's his, yeah. that's his power set. He is Bullseye. Imagine if Raphael from the Ninja Turtles was Bullseye. Yeah, 
You, you, you got. I enjoy that he can throw things round corners. Well, this is that's in neat. in the comic. That's not actually his power. Mm. His power is he can hold his breath indefinitely. Oh, but he just happens to be really good at throwing knives. <laughs> so they just changed it for the oh, for this. Like no, he that doesn't really have a lot of helpful <laughs> applications. He just happens to be. You know, he can swim real deep. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> You'd be giving Michael Phelps a run for his money, but you're not really helping the world. You can fall asleep in a bathtub. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, like, he just everybody is good in this. Oh, the CGI work on Mr. Pogo is unreal for mm. a TV series. That he's is. the monkey. He's the the monkey butler. Um, <laughs> he can train more monkey butlers. Um, there's a Simpsons <laughs> quote for, for everything. everything. Uh, he's played by. Adam Godley? Goodley? Godley? Um, let me double check. That appears to be that Adam guy. Goodley, I think. Oh, I think he worked... God, maybe Godley. I, I think he was some of the other chimps on, in the Planet of the Apes movies. Ah. So he's um, he's got experience here. But I I, I ain't want to judge because I'm no, I'm no oil painting, but he kind of fucking looks like... Yeah, he does. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's really good in this. Like The CGI work is unbelievably good. And it just makes the character that much more believable. Hmm. And how everyone um, reacts with him as well. It's re- it's one of the best uses of a CGI, a, a fully CGI character I think I've ever seen. God, he's had, had an interesting career. He's been in such um, <laughs> such smash hits as Mad Men and the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, but also was in Thunderpants. So, you know. <laughs> runs the gambit, does uh, Adam Goodley? Godly? Pogo. Yeah, Pogo, there he is. Um, yeah, he was... Like, so fully realised as a character. It could have been seen as a gimmick. It really, really could, could have. have. To the to the point of which, say, Goose in Captain Marvel. Yes. I love the inclusion of Goose. Yeah. But it is a device. It is. This is a fully-fledged character. And it worked really well. And, you know, the funeral scene in the first episode, it doesn't treat the inclusion of the monkey butler as the sideshow character. Yeah. It's like, no, this guy had a history with these people. He is a... F- fully rounded character and they, they they play a bit of intrigue with him as well uh, which I don't think I've seen pay off yet so I'm gonna no. <laughs> keep that under my hat okay um, <laughs> even the bad guys get like fleshed out characters yeah. in this so there's two hitmen mm. who although we don't really get the full gist of it they're out to get number five uh, on the orders of a time travelling hitman agency was it the, the commission the commission yeah that's it. thing um, they are Char Char, played by Mary J. Blige, and Hazel, played by Cameron Britton. Now, I've not seen Cameron Britton in anything else. I want to see him in more stuff. I think he's in Mindhunter. I will double check. On, on Netflix, where he plays a psychopath. Um, he's really good, really charming. You would be correct. He's Ed Kemper in Mindhunter. Boom. Um, I haven't seen that either. But I've seen nothing else he's been in. Um, he's really he's really likeable in this, despite the fact he's playing a, bat, a hitman out to kill your favourite characters. Yeah. You really get on board with him and his love of donuts. Yeah, he's a really sweet character, and that's not a pun. <laughs> and th- th- his relationship <clears throat> with the woman who runs the donut store yeah. is actually really heartwarming. Yeah, it's really like sweet. Yeah. He's just trying to... So he doesn't want to be a hitman, he wants to settle down, but he's just trying to do this one last job to get away with it. Two days from retirement. People have ragged on Mary J. Blige. Really? I really like her too. I thought she did a good job. Everyone does a good job in this. Mm. She's really, really good. She kind of counteracts his like 
heartwarmingness without being unlikable herself. Mm. That's a really good balancing act to bring to this. There is a scene towards the end of the series that I think she... I mean, everyone has a bit moment that they shine in. But it's... Not to give too much away, but she is pitted against somebody in one of the episodes and she ends up chained to a radiator. And passive-aggressively is trying to get someone to kill her. Yeah. Fuck. I know, That that seems heavy. That was awful. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, everyone does a really good job. Mary J. Blige included. What were they saying about her? What what are they saying? I know, she's just like she, right, and she was the weak link, and like she doesn't really fit in here. And I was like, but she really does, though. It's a time traveling agency could be from anywhere. I know, I know, I know. It's just it's only a few mentions of it I heard of mm. like she was the kind of weakest actor of the bunch. But I'm like, she fits in fine. Yeah, that's really the strength of this. There's no bad characters. There's no boring characters, um, and it's so funny. It is. It, That's what I didn't expect. I mean, I knew Robert Sheehan could bring the comedy. Yeah, and he does. Yeah, he's. Close oh Lord, he does. Is the main, um, the main contributor to the funny. Him in the ice cream truck. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. That in, you know, the entire end of that episode with yeah. the ice cream truck in it is probably my favorite bit of the whole series. It's so good. Because, and this is the thing. I think the main reason I liked it so much. They feel like a family. Mm. They feel like a load of brothers and sisters going on adventures. Like, there's lots of little petty squabbles and stuff. It just feels so natural, you know, that these do seem like people that have all grown up with each other in these very bizarre, you know, kind of close-knit, but close-knit by, not by choice, circumstances. With an asshole dad. Yeah. And the banter's just so easy between them. Yeah. And, like, the pettiness of, like... When Luther and Diego go to leave a door and they both want to be the first person to leave. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm number one. Or when they're fighting to get into the van. Yeah. And Luther yeah. physically doesn't fit in the van, but he's damn well going first. <laughs> it's so good. And when they're driving away from that the, the ice cream truck scene and he's just flipping him off. <laughs> it just works so well. Uh, so I really want to watch it again. <laughs> Rare I get that with a TV series yeah. or things, but I want to watch it again. It's real good. Um... Yes, yeah, so I don't really have any negatives. No, it's just it's just flat out really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it's so surprising because Netflix have not been on a great roll at the minute. I haven't actually watched Daredevil season three. I've heard, Real good. I've heard that was the apex. My such. favorite TV show of last year. Fair enough. Won the award. Hook, line, sinker. Fucking amazing. Better than season two. But apparently, nothing else has been on form. Well, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina mm. is just kind of there. Yeah. And the first half of it, it's it's one season doing two halves. Because mm. I thought, my God, they've got season two out quick. It's just they've split the season up. First half was really kind of like a bit dry, a bit like... And they're obviously pushing the feminist agenda, which is fine. I get it. It's an, an iconic female character to do that with. It's great. But it just made everyone really whiny. Mm. And it didn't really make for an enjoying thing. They've now come back in season two... And overcompensated by this by basically making like adding all the Riverdale levels of smut. Uh, so now it's just Sabrina's just banging, and I'm like, mm. is there a talking cat? No, don't care. They cast an actress who is allergic to cats as Sabrina. So Salem is barely in it. He's so far said one word, which is in the first episode. God damn it! When he's seen as like a ghoul hiding behind this mirror, mm. and then he kind of looks all like terrifying, like these Nosferatu yellow eyes. And then he goes behind puff of smoke and he comes out of the camp. It's literally the only time you've ever seen him speak. Well, that's a... quite annoying. 
Um, so that hasn't been great. I've heard I haven't watched it yet, but apparently the Motley Crue movie is not great. There's a Motley Crue movie. There's a Motley Crue. It's called The Dirt. It's a Motley Crue movie. Hmm. And apparently, it's boring. And oh. the only review I read was, "How do you make the Motley Crue movie boring?" <laughs> um, and yeah, they just have not been on. Stranger Things season two wasn't the greatest thing we've ever seen. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it, but I mean, it, it the, wasn't season one. Is yeah. What this feels like where we were with season one of Stranger Things. Yeah. Like nothing on TV is doing this. This is easily better than Arrow, Flash. I think I prefer. I love Shield. I think I prefer it to Shield. Mm. It's gonna take a hell of a lot to knock this off the top spot for best TV show of the year. Even this early out, and I've only seen one episode of the new Game of Thrones series, Summit Monumental's going to have to come because it just clicked so well on so many levels. If 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 Strange Things Series 3 isn't as good as this, do you think that Umbrella Academy is going to carry to the end of the year in number one? I don't know. The Mandalorian Mandalorian is coming. That might do it. And Game of Thrones was off to a good start, and there's a lot of payoff there. So I think maybe just the gravitas of that will drag it across the line. But mm. I mean... There's no Daredevil this year. No, nope. only got Jessica Jones to go. Season three of Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is. I haven't seen series two, so I don't know if it's the most consistent. Punisher but... season two. Well, that was good. Pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, but no, I I could easily see this walking away with the top spot. Let me just make sure it is at my top spot of the video. <laughs> Lest I be lying, uh, I think I put it on top of Punisher. Um, just, just double check on the cast yep, last, couple, last couple of bits of the cast who I really enjoyed Kate Walsh as the handler was really good yeah as it's Five's boss yeah she's been in something it was winding me up the whole series it was like you've been in something I've watched but I can't remember let me double check um, I think a series if, or a movie uh, probably a movie probably a movie I feel like if they lean too much on the time travel thing <laughs> she was in Scary Movie 5 is that the one you were thinking of I have actually seen that movie it's called Legion that. I've seen that too. Or Wake Up Ron Burgundy, the lost movie. I haven't seen that. Oh, there we go. I think if they lean too heavily on time travel in season two, mm. uh, that's what I worry could be that could bring things tumbling down because I'm such on a knife edge with time travel stories that the second there's like a flaw of like, why couldn't they have just done this? Why couldn't they have used a time turner to stop Voldemort from killing James and Lily Potter? Like, you've got to be so careful. But I feel like, because it's been there from the start, and it's so far followed its own rules, because it's yeah. going with the... It's not really going with parallel universes, it's going with Time is a River. Yeah. And, you know, the events... You can't really change what's going to happen. Judgment Day is coming, but you can alter small things. It's not like you're creating branching history or anything like that. It's all predetermined, basically. That's my preferred method of doing time travel stories. I hope they stick with that, but something in the finale makes me think we might be getting more time travel in the second one. Mm. And I don't know if I'm if I'm worried about yeah, that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We will. Anything else you want to say? I want to say, general on the whole, the the music's really good in this as well. They held back and didn't use any mic. <laughs> I know, like, I know. But sure, in the finale we'll get one. Nope, not one. Not uh, yeah. one. Music is really well done. I think it's shot really nice. Jeff um, Russo was the composer. I don't know whether he's related. No, he won't be. <laughs> he's, he's from an American rock band, Tonic. Yeah, probably not. Now, his music was really great. Like, yeah. In terms of general visual design as well, the series is quite visually distinct. Really good. Um, with the domino masks for the kids. Yeah. I do wish we got more flashbacks because those scenes are yeah. very interesting. 
um, and do look visibly different to the main thread, the, the yeah. present day storyline. But yeah, I just love the look. The mansion's cool. There's yes. that fucking shot in the first episode when they're all listening to I Think I was, We're Alone now. I was going to ask you about this because this is a divided opinion. Yeah. Did you enjoy that scene or did you not enjoy that I scene? thought it was great. I fucking love that, that was scene. Brilliant. That's when I knew I was in. I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is... This is fantastic. The use of licensed music was really good as well, just throughout. It was, but it was restrained. It like, was. Like, they didn't... There's the Dancing in the Moonlight uh, waltz. Wasn't too much of a fan of that. I liked it. What's the point? Why does nobody use the original <laughs> Dancing in the Moonlight? I know. It's a bit weird. I'm sick um, of top loader. It was, it's time for the dream ballet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. If you have a chance... Please go and listen to uh, the Polygon, the YouTube channel Polygon's Perfect Pokey Rap video. Watch the full half Watch an hour. Watch the full fucking thing. Because holy shit. Oh my god, it's good. <laughs> Have you watched the Sonic one yet? Yes. <laughs> Sonic is God or could kill God. And at this point, I don't care, Rich. <laughs> Tangent. Um, yeah, they. Um, it, it, it's restrained. It, all the music fits to the situation it's used in. Mm. It's just, I have no negatives. I have critiques, but I have literally zero negatives. Yeah, everything was perfect. I think the only thing I didn't like was the 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 quite overtly explicit relationship between Luther and Allison, because I was a little I was like, mm, but they grew up as brothers and sisters. It felt weird. But other than that, well, I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not the case. Well, no, no. But I mean, like even even in kayfabe, it was like they weren't raised as. Um, what's it? Hargreaves was not like that. Is your sister? That is your brother? You are one, two, three, four, five, six, mm. seven. You are in purpose. You are my children. But it, it, there was never any pretense that yeah. they were. It's because they all carry the same surname. I think it's just weird. Yeah, that would be quite odd. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's about it. This this is a hearty recommendation. Do go and watch it. You've got. I mean, again, Game of Thrones is weekly, so you've got plenty of time between. Yeah. That. Stranger Things is still a while off. So I don't know what's going on to Netflix soon that's really going to be taking up your time. And this is only 10 episodes. It's shorter than most of the Marvel series. This will be something. So it's really, really worth your time. A nice addition to the superhero pantheon that's not under Marvel or DC. Yeah, it's its own thing. Always, always appreciate it. I suppose Netflix did need something to replace the Defenders. I think it's a Dark Horse comic. I think it's Dark Horse. Which is like number three um, comic book company. Good for them. Yeah, and Vertigo, I think. No, Vertigo's an imprint now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Vertigo's DC. What am I thinking of? Oh, what's that one that they're going to create a universe off it soon? It's the uh, one with Archer and Armstrong. Ah, uh, Valiant. Valiant. Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, so that's our hearty recommendations. And now it's time to jump off because here comes the spoiler alert. I'll do my best. Honestly, I don't care. But Just spoil what you no, need to. But I want you to enjoy. I'm glad you want more kid flashbacks. But, oh, so it seems like we're driving towards that quite So the ending two. is the same as the comic books, is what you're saying? Have you, so you know what the ending is? I know what that. the ending is in the comic books. Yes. Is that so, they jump back in time and they're all kids again. That's exactly That's what exactly what happens. Okay, or at least that's enough. what the impression we get. So Vanya, of course, does have superpowers. Yep. She can turn... Due to her emotions, she can turn sound into energy. Yeah, she can do like a... Scarlet like, Witch kind like of Dazzler, ah, yeah. like, like what Dazzler does. Oh, Dazzler, yeah, of course. But not that was not light into sound. Yeah, but she was a singer, so what a pointless conversation. 
It's a bit dark in here. <laughs> now she can turn. You're telling me you wouldn't do that if you could? Ha! And then just. <laughs> just you, could safe. you imagine doing the THX noise? You blind people. <laughs> um, yeah, she. Um, so she can turn ambient noise into just. Um, Pure power. They basically Jean grade her. They knew that it was too powerful, so they kind of had Allison make her think she had no powers. Mm. And this Peabody fucking creep. Oh yeah, who's he played by again? We didn't uh, talk about him. He's played by um, John Magaro. So have you come to the bit where they reveal why he's? Yeah, right. So he wanted to be. I know what's going on. He there. was born on the same day. He's one of the immaculate children. He wanted to children. be part of the. Wait, no, he isn't one of the immaculate. No, he children. was born on the he same day as the immaculate day. kids. Boom. And he thought, well, I'm was born on the same day. I I know I'm going to have powers. Yeah. He tries to join the Umbrella Academy and gets bitch slapped by Colville. So that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. a great scene. You know how he's just like, nah, son, fuck <laughs> off. You will never set foot in this house. I thought they'd make more of like the other. Immaculate born children, but there's literally no mention. I thought they were going to lead up that he killed number six. Yeah, something like that. I thought they were going to do that because there was a body in the attic. And I was like, oh fuck, is that number six? And it was just like the other person that wanted Vanya's job. Yeah, so he's like, like, he's basically going to be manipulating his way in there as um, a way of getting revenge. And just double check, he didn't kill number six, did he? No, he didn't kill number six. Thank God for that. They've never revealed, even in the comic books, you don't know who killed number six or what happened to number six. Cool. Um, So. They, um, he basically, she starts to lose control. Now she's realizing her powers. They, she goes back to the mansion. Um, right, what what's just happened in your viewing? Ah, oh, shit, I can't remember. Um, has anything happened to Alison yet? Don't think so. Just just talk about it. It's fine. Right. So Alison goes to confront her about him being weird because she's on the case now. Yeah, she yeah. kind of knows he's a wrong one. And she gets very angry, and Alison like sees that she's like going to start. She's going super saiyan. But yeah. So she's she's, going she says, saiyan. "I heard a rumor," and Vanya just quick as a flick with the uh, bow of her violin goes like that and just slices her throat open. Oh fuck! And Alison's like bleeding out. She doesn't die, but she now can't speak, so oh, loses shit. her parents essentially. Um, so she goes back to the mansion to check on this. Luther puts her to sleep. It looks like oh. he's trying to kill her because mm. he just bear hooks her. Um, but he's just knocking her out. They lock her back in that kind of vault thing under the house. Yeah. Um, but she just goes super sane and blows the mansion up and kills Pogo. So she's the... the she's the, the bad guy. She's, she's the apocalypse. Yes, she's the white violin. Okay. And do you know the eye they're carrying around? It's... It's his eye. It's his eye, yeah. So he caused the apocalypse by... He unknowingly caused the apocalypse by making her go turbocharged. So, right. Um, I think she kills him before the ending. Did they ever? Did, did they ever explain? You know the 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 assault that leads him to lose his eye and need the robotic one. Was oh, that yeah. was that staged? Staged. Yes, yeah, he paid them. He paid them to do it. Yeah. Um, so and then she kills obviously those two people trying to attack him. Leaves the third one alive. He comes back to kill him because he knows too much. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure she kills him. I'm ninety nine percent shot positive about that. But anyway, she goes ahead with her recital on the violin. Mm. Number five obviously has the eureka moment of, oh, fuck, Vanya's going to kill us all. They get there and they have to um, take her out. They keep trying to rush the stage. It's not working. She's, like, glowing white at this point. Shit. And, like, playing the violin like a nutcase. Luther and Diego cannot do anything to her. Um, they leave Klaus outside on lookout. <laughs> and he ends up buying tacos. And, and, <laughs> the, and the um, I think 
I think Hazel or Char Char turns. Oh no, the age, the commission turns up to yeah. stop him. So he runs back in, and because he's sober, he unleashes a new pair of him. He can summon dead people. So he summons number six oh. as like you know, like a force ghost, like in um, Dark Souls, summons him in spirit form, yeah. and he unleashes fucking Cthulhu, and it's ethereal. So he's like chucking people about. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't wait for you to watch that. So they eventually. They eventually stop her. I can't remember how. I think she kind of has like a... She realises she's about to kill her family. Like a wake-up moment. Yeah. They yeah. get to like a Mexican standoff and she just... Uh, just an explosion event. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah, she's going Super Saiyan. They stop her. Mm. Or someone stabs her or shoots her or something. And she just lets this energy like blow out of her. Like when Cyclops loses his power and just boof. Yeah. You know that bit in Portal 2... Where it's right near the end and everything's going wrong. Yeah. And you look at the moon. They shoot, yeah. She yeah. shoots the moon and it basically turns into Majora's Mass for a second. Oh, God. Because she hits the moon so hard it starts plummeting to <gasps> earth, which causes the apocalypse. Yeah. So they're like, fuck. And it's like, well, we haven't prevented the apocalypse. What the fuck do we do now? And number five <laughs> is like, there's only one thing we can do. We've got to go back in time. So Vanya's knocked out at this point. They pick her up and they all stand in a circle with number six putting his hand on Klaus's shoulder and then they do this fucking beautiful shot so you can hear like calamity approaching. Yeah. And it's like a bright white light obviously because all the powers still radiating around her. And they do a panning shot of number five. Yeah. And then go round in a circle. So like... like um, Kind of like reverse a, Avengers. You're yeah, inside yeah. the circle rather than outside. Yeah, yeah. So it goes from them and pans across, and Luther's got um, Vanya, mm. and you just pan across, and it's all of them as adults. You come back round to number five, and yeah. it's all of them as kids. Oh. One shot. Oh, it's a, it's a hell of a thing, and they're all kids again, mm. uh, and then they just pop out of there. See you in season two. Right, okay. And that's where it leads. So I think we're going to get more time travel in nice. the second one. Number six might still be alive. Because if they're jumping back in time to when they were kids, yeah. number six could still be alive. So that means the kid cast that appeared in the bank job flashback, they're the main cast for series two. Now, apart from number five, yes. who is now your headliner. Now, I think Ooh. I don't think it'd be long before they become adults again. Mm. I don't think they would leave it that long. Maybe the first episode of the next series? Maybe... Two at most, I would have thought. Mm. Because obviously you're not going to get that stronger cast and have everyone really like that cast and then throw that up to fate and just have all the kids running around. Yeah. But it means we'll get Pogo back. It means we'll get uh, Reginald Hargreaves back. Um, what was Pogo's deal in the end? Uh, Pogo's deal was he kind of knew that Reginald Hargreaves had killed himself. Oh, what Klaus finds out when he goes into the black and white between worlds and meets God that might be a little girl on a bicycle. That was a fun bit. That was... I forgot about that. <laughs> you didn't even mention you went to Vietnam. Like, that was a shock. Oh, the Vietnam bit was so good. And when he comes back and he's just like... <laughs> and he goes to the uh, the vets thing. And it be- that's what I like about Robert Sheehan in this series. That like that bit where he's staring at the photo in the, the old vet centre is like, that's heartbreaking. And then he turns that into a comedy fist fight with an old man. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love that bit. You're depriving some village of their idiot. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's where we're going with season two. Mm. Uh, you don't build that stronger cast and not have them come back, so no. I imagine it won't be long as kids, but that's still quite interesting. And it was like, well, he basically said, it's the kind of... is it? Are they, do they have the domino masks when they turn uh, off the time? Or? No. Oh. I mean, they'll get them, but... Yeah. 
I, I think it was a case of like basically they were explaining like like a Terminator Three situation. You could you can't Judgment Day happens. And you, you can't, can't stop Judgment Day. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't appear that we can. But there must be another way. You know, if it, it, we failed to stop it this time, but we need to go back and try again. Right. So it's basically um, Edge of Tomorrow. I'm like, they're just going <laughs> to go back and try that shit They're going to fail their way to a victory. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Instead of Edge of Tomorrow, which takes 24 hours, this takes mm, 20 years. <laughs> and it's like, fuck's sake, quicker. Um but I, I think, yeah, it's it was the ending it had to be because I think, well, obviously they're sticking to what the comic book does, yeah. but it, you wouldn't want it wrapped up in season one. No. And I think this off, this opens up, you're not doing parallel universes necessarily, you're just resetting the timeline, Yeah. which I'm all good with. So, very satisfying conclusion. It, they played about a month before they said they were getting season two, but everyone was high praise for if this. If they'd gone back in time, could they... Could they fight themselves? Like they oh, face so it's off like against... a so they don't just immediately become themselves in that previous timeline. No, if they if they go back ah. with the effects and they are separate entities, they're forced to kill themselves. Oh, that might be dark. Place. No, that, oh that... god, that makes me think about Endgame in a bad way. Yeah, no, huh. yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's all very. It's there's a lot of options open, but I'm excited to explore them. Yeah. When season two gets here at the end of 2020. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's a long wait. Christ, but no, I, I'm excited for you to watch the finale. I'm excited it's to watch it. Real good. And like I said, it's. If it's as good as the past eight, I'm sure I'm on eight episodes. Thing. It's so fucking good. It's, it's, it's going to take a hell of a series. And only, like I said, Mandalorian and Game of Thrones can give it a run for its money, but I don't know if they're just as charming as this. Things. And Stranger Things, sorry, yeah. They're just not going to be as charming as this is. I think this is just because it's fresh, isn't it? Game of yeah. Thrones is in its eighth season. Strange, Strange Things on its third. Yeah. Mandalorian is in an already established universe yeah. that's been going for 50 years now. Well, this was a hot new take. Mm. It's genre spinning. Um, it's got... Again, I've not seen any of the actors in anything else other than Ellen Page. Mm. Um, and even then, it's not like I'm watching Ellen Page movies all the goddamn time. I don't think I've seen Juno. Really? You no. must have seen Juno. I don't think I've Everyone's seen Juno. Everyone's seen Juno. I think I know her from X-Men 3. Super. And Super. Shut and... up, cry! <laughs> uh, I want to say Inception. Yep. That's it. Oh, there you I go. I don't think I've seen her anything else. Um, but yeah, a heartily recommendation for it. Yeah. Cannot wait for season two. It's a great series. And I really hope this is just... Okay, Netflix, you've had your weird Sabrina shit. You're back now. <laughs> it's all guns blazing. Yeah, hopefully so. And that just about wraps up this review. So you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at that Myco, and you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Guttridge, or you can go and follow the site under the username FowlENT, that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T, on your social media of choice, but be that Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Go and subscribe to us on Spotify. I forgot to mention that in the last episode. We'd like to get the numbers up there. Or, of course, go to FowlEntertainment.com for more like this, but words... Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pop Scott. Oh, you have something to say? Well, we have some pitch episodes coming up. We do. We both. Um, we were going to record <laughs> a biopic episode today. Yeah. And Maggle, bless him, had gone and wrote it all down on a piece of paper. I had. How vaudevillian of you. Well I know. done. 
Um, the paper then got put in a washing machine. Yep. So I never even see that movie. Yeah, uh, re- oh no, I'm rewriting it. I'm okay, rewriting good. that. I know what I'm doing. I could have winged it today, but I wouldn't have been doing it justice. And I haven't watched the documentary I need to watch to <laughs> make sure mine's historically accurate. So should be interesting. We're in there. We're also doing a uh, remake a movie pitch as well. We are, uh, and we're starting to have a few irons in the fire for that going forward. Plus, we have maybe Hellboy. <laughs> I'll still see Hellboy. It's right shite. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll film. still see it. And then, of course, we'll have Avengers Endgame coming at the end of the month. And Shazam. We're going to get Shazam. And Shazam done. as well. I've already seen it, but we just I went fucking home. hope I get Shazam seen before Endgame shit. I mean, Aquaman came and went, but I've really been that. I, don't give I would a fuck recommend about going to watch Shazam. Yeah, I'm doing Shazam. Good definitely. time. Rightio, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pop's Corner. We will see you in the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye!